so we've all done it. We have rushed through our towns and cities to get to an appointment or a commitment or a meeting and kind of blindly just walk past a performer who may be performing a song, a cover version of an Oasis song that winds you up or might be just unearthing an extreme amount of talent and adding a bit of joy to your day. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, if I heard uh, Charlotte perform, I might think sod the meeting. I'll come back to that a little later, which is why I'm delighted to welcome street artist and performer to Behind the Folk this morning, Charlotte Campbell. Morning. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a delight to uh, it's a delight for you to be here as well, especially given that you've had a busy week. You've just come back from from Germany. What part were you in? Um, two parts. I went to near Dusseldorf and then near Stuttgart. So it was yeah, a busy, busy weekend. <laughs> nice to see live um, live music returning as well. Yeah, the only so thing better than music is live music, as is so often said. Uh, what um, uh, what's with the audiences like? How was live performing in this kind of um, this? kind of post-ish lockdown world? It was, they were really lovely. The audiences in Germany in general are very, very uh, receptive to live music, which is really, really nice. Um, and I think especially they had missed the live music as well during the, the pandemic. You know, I think this whole thing has shown us the whole world, we're all just the same, really. Everybody's responded in the same way and every country's had to uh, have their own experiences. And so Germany, they uh, had missed having live performance, definitely. So the crowds were just so friendly, really, really um, quiet and respectful. And uh, yeah, just really lovely. Lovely. It was really, um, it was wonderful. And I'm sure they thoroughly enjoyed it, especially your your new single, um, which is like a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, I have to say, it's a very, uh, a very kind of uh, it brings a big smile, I think, to uh, to the start of the day. But we're going to get onto the music a little later on. How's lockdown year been for you? It's you know. It's been all right, actually. <laughs> I'm generally a sort of um, positive side of the coin always. Yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> if I can. So, um, you know, it, obviously not ideal. All my live performances cancelled, which is what I really love doing is, is playing live. Um, but I don't know. I just tried to make the best of it. As soon as I realised that this is it now, we are going to be locked down for what at first I think everybody thought would be three weeks. And then it was like three months and then it, yeah did they did they really they might have said it i'm not sure anyone believed it i really believe it was actually real and it was going to happen you know so yeah I, I like at first it seemed like it was going to be a short time and then obviously it's just gone on and on i've kind of just made the best of it so uh, i ended up um recording uh, at home so i wanted to do some recording for a long time and i just never make the time because i'm i'm always playing live and i do so much busking that i always thought i'll do some recording when it rains and it just never seemed to rain for long enough for me to get any recording done so uh so this was my rain almost my rainy day that i, I sat down and i actually did some recording so i recorded an ep so uh, during this time that's how i spent the time so yeah and that's because you, you released on the South Bank just before lockdown officially kind of kicked in, which must have, which I mean, is great because it, it's, you know, part of the music that's carried me through lockdown, but also as well, because I think it must be frustrating for you because ordinarily you'd release an album and then you'd be out performing songs from it on the streets and in clubs and bars as well. But that was, yeah, that was taken had, away from you. you know, I had sort of prepared that, that this summer would be a great summer for me to share that album because the the idea of on the south bank it's actually sort of a best of album for me so i've released three albums over the last 
like eight years and I guess I feel like when people are kind of trying to access new music and they haven't heard an artist before sometimes it can be quite overwhelming if they've got a lot of albums so I wanted to take the songs that were the fan favourites from every single album and put them on one and then it would also be a really good album that I could sell when I was busking because it, if somebody was buying a CD they'd know they were getting you know the, the best of really <laughs> and that was the idea and I was really excited about that as having a really accessible album that I'm 100% proud of every single track and over years of experience I've gone these are these are the songs that I am most proud of and uh, yeah I was excited about doing that this summer um, but it didn't it wasn't to be but it'll you know it'll, there's always le next summer <laughs> so. when you put a best of together do you listen to do you see one track and you just think absolutely not no i don't i don't want to be yeah reminded. yeah definitely which is funny because other people have said oh i really like this is my favorite song of all yours and i'm like oh no i wish i could erase that song from all of history <laughs> yeah. you know i want to know which song that is now <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple i could give you a couple at least one from each album i think come on i want to know i want to know so i can listen to them afterwards if oh, i haven't no, listened to them already no. <laughs> Um, All right, you know I'm getting out. Of, I'll, I'll get it out of you before the end of this call. So, have you returned to busking? Um, no, not properly. So, I I feel like I'm sort of a busker fraud, really, because I <coughs> I feel like for a lot of people, busking is like going out and doing it everywhere. But I just have one particular spot that I really like to play on, which is the name of my my most recent best of album on the South Bank. That's where I really love playing. I found that busking spot and I just fell in love with busking there. And I do busk in other places, you know, but in general, I tend to just go back to there because it's my sort of my home place. I really like where I like to to play the most. And, what, uh, so and, is it just yeah. a home place or is there there a part of or is there a particular evocative feel about it because the thing i feel about busking is is that you make a line in the, the title track which is um that you know i don't want your coins i want your ear um and i don't doubt that there'll be buskers listening to this going hell no i want your coins <laughs> but what do but when you it must be quite frustrating to just to see people just constantly walk past now when you go down the south bank you you enter a world where you know street performing is a thing so you don't necessarily walk through it in a commuter type fashion but at the same time it must be quite frustrating to, to just have people constantly walking past you in different directions but then you look about you and you've got you know the river the bridges the london eye there you know kind of remnants of the old city on the other side of the the river too so you know, I guess you can get lost in the visual around you. Yeah, I think I, I've fallen in love with that backdrop, really. And for me, I, I feel like it's become a real part of what I do and the music that I play and the music that I write. And like London has almost become my sort of, I don't like to say brand because it's more than that. It's like it's in my soul, almost this sort of London uh, feel. I mean, I was born, I was born in Northwest London. But uh, yeah, like I feel like the South Bank for me, as you say, people go down there to listen to music or to see street performance. And I've just found there's nowhere else in the world, really, for me, that has that same feeling that people are coming to be an audience. Whereas, I, I, like a lot of other places, it feels like you catch people by surprise a little bit. Which hang on, hang on. I think there are people from Edinburgh calling now saying, hang on a minute. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to diss any other <laughs> places. But for me, the most accessible in, in London and the sort of place that has become that for me is definitely the South Bank. But, I, you know, I, I like I think if you're busking on the tube, let's say, people are just rushing words and they might give you money and sometimes on the tube you know the money's very good but I, I do busk on the tube every now and then but 
it, I, as you say, I, I, it's for me, it's about the performance more than the money. And I know it sounds so like, I don't even care about the money. Obviously, everyone loves money. <laughs> but I just think it's yeah. nice to have, um, like to, to have a place where I feel like I'm, the music is the main thing and the money is, a, is a, just a byproduct. And that's, that's how I really like to do my busking is that the main thing is people, I, I, I say constantly when I'm busking, like my name is Charlotte Campbell, if you want to take a card, I, I've got some stuff online you can listen to. And, and I want people to continue the journey with me and, and take my card away and find me and, and connect with me online. And again, that's not even about the money. It's just so that I can say, I've got more music for you to listen to if you want to. And it just sort of, yeah, as I say, yeah, the money just is sort of a bonus. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you prefer busking in on the South Bank or performing in a venue or being in a recording studio? I prefer busking on the South Bank than any anything else. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really dislike being in a recording studio. It's never something I've been super comfortable with. I, I don't, I've always liked live performance a lot more than in a studio. And uh, I don't know why that is. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not really a recording artist. I don't consider myself one. I consider myself- I mean, your three albums beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> and I just never feel like I can capture that in a studio. So, um, and I, I, don't, I like playing in venues, but unfortunately I find a lot of venues, especially in London, I don't know if it's like the over oversubscription of so many oversaturation of so many performers that people just don't really care when you're when you're performing. I think a lot of the time. I don't know if that's just me, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. A lot of London venues, people talk and they just they like people are disinterested. And on the South Bank, obviously there is that as well. People are just walking straight past. But I think if people don't want to listen to you on the South Bank, they'll just keep walking. And the people who do want to listen will stop and engage. But if you're in a venue and someone's talking, uh, like it really ruins the whole vibe. And I just got so sick of that. I got so sick of being spoke, spoken over when I was playing that that's sort of why I started busking. <laughs> well, I mean, that was why I started the Sonia's Folk Sessions was so that I could have artists performing where people paid and the money went to the artist. And but they therefore were watching the performers. So you'll experience that when we go back to um, having indoor venues again. And uh, I invite you when you hopefully say yes to coming up and performing in Cambridgeshire. Yeah, I uh, would. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, oh, so well, finish my, my question, your question. Sorry, you did ask oh, sorry, yeah. back to busking. That was, and then I went on a tangent about uh, South Bank. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so um, yeah, South Bank at the moment, they've said they don't want any buskers there, but due to sort of, they don't want any crowds on their land because they're not sure about the, re the restrictions and things, which I respect. And, the, and they've always been good to us, the South Bank Centre that like organised the buskers there. And they feel like we've got a little community there. So I don't want to I don't want to go against what they're saying. So I'm doing a bit of busking in new spots, which is a bit different for me. And I am enjoying that. I've been doing Camden Market and a couple of other food markets and festivals. So there's a couple of, during the pandemic, it's, it's, uh, it's taking me out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I can't, and I like it. I do like it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Camden Market and our, uh, Camden Market and South Bank are two of my three favourite places in London. Um, oh, so third. Uh, the third is Parliament Hill. Because there's a, I, for, you know, when I was a kid, my um, dad would take me there flying kites. And, but there's also a, a beautiful kind of, I think there's a challenge where you're, you're in the middle of London, but you're in this incredibly peaceful, unless it's a sunny Sunday or Saturday, in which case it's mobbed, but you're incredibly peaceful part of London. Um, so you can, you kind of, on one hand, feel that you're in this open green space, but you look ahead of you and you think, even though there's serenity around me, you know, Billions are being traded and 
tubes are packed in this site that you can see ahead of you on the underground as well it's quite a kind of conflicting kind of conflicting imagery that you have there but it's a wonderful feeling when you sit there so yeah that's my third yeah good choice I wasn't expecting to, um, hey, I asked the questions. No, that's fine. You can ask questions. But, um, so um, the, I mean, the, the busking side of it as well. Do you find when you're busking on in the new places that the experience for you is different? Because it sounds to me that when you're on the South Bank, you're really much in a comfort zone. You know the environment around you. You've mentioned the community of performers there too. But when you're performing in anywhere else, I suspect that that isn't the case. So what's, how does the experience differ or, or doesn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm so used to having my community of people that I know on the South Bank. And that's not just the performers, but like people who run the coffee shops locally and the places where I go and get lunch and, and you know, places like that. The people that work on the carousel always say hello to me, you know, so there's a really nice feeling there of community. And when I go to a new place, yeah, I don't have that. Um, so I miss that. But then again, a couple of the places, I feel like I'm building new relationships and there's an element of surprise to the people on local stalls or whatever they start to set up and they sort of look at me like oh god she's gonna play is she and then uh, and then I play and the, sometimes they like it and then they come over and say do you want a pizza or something and I'm like yeah that'd be nice and that is so that's kind of a nice feeling to re- get new connections and find new people and, and take them by surprise a little bit and and you know maybe I'll maybe I'll get waved to by them now when I go by so that that's something to think about <laughs> there's also a wonderful guy in the south bank as well you give him any topic and he'll write a poem about it which oh i love that guy yeah genius. yeah i just stand there and watch him write poems for other people as well as the ones he's done for me it's great it's yeah. and, uh, phenomenal but anyway um i uh, listen to your music is very often not just about kind of your feelings and and where your head is at but it's very much kind of a world through your eyes as well so maybe we should be encouraging you to go on a busking tour and and kind of get an understanding of what that's like through three or fourth album. Oh, same, I should. I know. I but you know, what? I mean to do that, and I did actually. I, I say I don't busk anywhere else, but I, I do. I did a UK tour last May, and I did a little bit of busking in new places. But unfortunately, I caught the flu halfway through the tour, so I had to abandon any of the busking because I had to just focus on like resting my voice for the for the gig. So, but I did a bit of busking. I did Glasgow, Edinburgh. Uh, where else did I do? Um, I can't remember now having a mind blank. I mean, great cities in themselves. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did a couple, I did, I definitely did some more lower down busking, but I didn't, unfortunately I didn't do, I definitely, it was full on the flu by the time I got to Cambridge and I'd really looked forward to doing some busking in Cambridge, but I had to abandon that. Well, that's a, yeah, flu's a, flu's an ugly thing, but, um, uh, you know, well, I'm sorry that Cambridge missed out by you perform- by you not performing there. So we'll, we'll welcome you back at some point. We'll talk about your new single uh, shortly, but there are 10 questions that we need to address as well during this chat. Did you deliberate over the answers? Did you look at the, did, did you look yeah, at the questions? I about t- them. Yeah, I did. And I, I, I sort of thought I would prepare some answers, but I've lost them now. So now I'm going to wing it. <laughs> that might work out well for us. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's find out. So let's crack on. These are the 10 questions used at the end of Inside the Access Studio which I highly recommend uh, anyone listening to go on YouTube as well. They're fascinating and it's aimed as part of a a kind of an actor's masterclass, but I'm using it to find out more about some of my favorite performers. So the first question for you, Charlotte, is what is your favorite word? Oh, serendipity. Now Um, that 
that's a that it's quite divisive i find that word people do fall into the love or hate element of, of that word what is really? it about it yeah i don't know why um, um i think it's just it's it's a, i remember learning it when i was uh, about 15 or 16 i doing my gcse's it was in a poem and i just really liked it because it felt like my, it made me feel clever because I, I was like oh i know this word serendipity but i also like it i like the surprise encounter element of it and i feel like that's the lot of people who've discovered my music and gone on to follow me or ask me to play at their weddings and things like that from seeing me busking i feel like the whole encounter of them happening to walk past me is serendipitous and i just really i really like it yeah, I think I prefer the word serendipitous, but anyway, that's a... Uh, oh, yeah, that's um, true. I feel like um, that's all under the same umbrella, right? I can have that. Which I think is ironic that we've got to that word from starting with serendipity, which uh, is a bit of irony there. But I think actually it falls into... Because I came across you because I was following, and I don't remember who it was I was following, but I hit following. You know when social media says to you, you might also like, and it said, you might also like Charlotte Campbell. It turns out I do. Um, oh. So uh, there you go. Um, rather serendipitous. See, it's all, it's all, that's a lot of like music discovery. It's all serendipitous. It is. It is. Um, I'm starting to like the word even more now. Um, what is your least favourite word then? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I see. I didn't. I should have prepared. This is why I have to prepare. Um, oh, I don't know. So don't worry. You can change your mind after we've finished this this episode. <laughs> but what what's top of your mind at the moment? Um, oh, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is really tough. You put on the spot billions of words in the, the various languages out there. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in English. It might be one you picked up in Germany. Um, oh, do you know what it, I think it might be? Go on. Amazing. <laughs> I just find that it's... Um, it's really <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, know, I just think it's really, really over, overused, especially in talking about artists. Like people will say, and now we've got the amazing, and I just feel like it's so uninventive. You probably use it. Be careful. I do. I do. <laughs> I use it a lot. I, and, and because it's not because of laziness. I, I sometimes feel that... I, you know, especially because we're often using it uh, uh, when we're kind of sharing, when I'm sharing episodes of this on social media. So I'm aware of using brevity in yeah. describing it. So rather than saying that it was a phenomenal chat because we covered all of these topics and before I know it, I'm out of characters, I sum it up by going, it's no, amazing. It's amazing. I, realize no, that's, I, I think I, I can... use it as well. I think that's one of the reasons. A lot of the things that I dislike are based on things that I like on myself, that I notice in myself. And like, you're, look, you're having a, a crisis. Now. Well, so I, 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 so now I've come to the conclusion now, of course, is that at any point when I mentioned this episode, I must definitely not use the word amazing. <laughs> so amazing. No, I mean, I'm being really unfair because it's really nice. And no one ever says amazing with any kind of, um, you know, malice. I just sometimes see it and I just think, like, no, sometimes I see it all the time. Like, and I'm just always like, amazing. I'm like, are there no other words? <laughs> but, what but would I'm you... If... Of it as well. I say it all the time. That's why I just like Okay, it. so what would be the replacement? I don't know. Um, because you argue there could be a few words that fall into that category. Wonderful, brilliant. Mm. They're all words no, actually, that, that they don't really have. Because I agree with you in as much as it doesn't tell me why it's amazing. It's yes, just, it yeah, just says yeah. it is. So what would, uh, mm. is there anything you don't like mind it at the end of, you know, if you've talked about something and you've described it and they said, yeah, it was amazing, really. Like, you know, like, but it, like, um, but yeah, I don't know if it's just, it, it's one of those words a little bit like literally where the meaning has been lost slightly because like, um, is it amazing? Like, <laughs> Uh, like, you yeah. amazing. Is that like bright lights and like something that like 
you were completely mesmerized by rather than like i don't know i'm just being really unfair though, you've sent me off because you know when um when you sometimes ask people a, a closed question and um and you might say oh can you can you do this for me and they'll go absolutely and it really annoys me that i'll go absolutely yes or absolutely no i don't know which <laughs> i don't know which side you're falling on <laughs> Um, yeah, but I don't know. I'm being really unfair. I just I don't I don't I don't dislike. No, no, it's your least favorite word. You crack on. Yeah, um, what? Even my least favorite word. I love I love words, so I don't I don't mind any of them. Really. Well, that's apparent. Um, but but as we'll we'll learn more about when we hear your songs, uh, what turns you on? Um, a good sense of humour. Okay, nice. Because um, you do, would you describe that amount about yourself? Um, I think I'm. I think I'm good humoured. I don't think I'm super funny. I, like, but when someone is super funny, I, that I'm gone. I like. I've. I've. Yeah, I, I like the people that I've been attracted to in my life. I would say oh, that like, there's no real type. Just funny, funny, funny people. <laughs> like, Do I, you uh, find that you're attracted to people that you like listening to musically in that same sense as well? Either through the lyrics in their songs or the way they carry themselves, either on the the stage or, or no, social media? to be honest, I've never found musicians very attractive. It's always been something that I, I never really wanted to date a musician, to be honest. I, I, I always found them very egocentric, but I find stand-up comedians very attractive. <laughs> like, okay, fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So. There's a, there's a, a, a great uh, marriage there, I think, waiting musician and stand-up <laughs> comedian, definitely. What turns you off? Uh, right-wing politics, <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's the Fair enough. Dare I ask, and uh, any particular um, branch of it? Because I mean, that covers quite a fair. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, yeah, like sort of like UKIP supporters and like that sort of thing. <laughs> We're going to like that too specific, but like you know, like racists and. Are there really still UKIP supporters? I mean, they're, they're just masked under other parties now. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd say when you know falling under that sort of like people who are racist and intolerant and homophobic like that sort of thing i just immediately think oh i don't don't like you but like in general i don't know like the only time i've ever like been on a, on a date where i've immediately just gone ah oh, i'm not interested in you anymore was like i think a flippant remark that i made about the tories and then he just sort of went ah. Oh. Oh, like, I, I, t I tend to vote Tory, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I tend well, to vote Tory. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> but, but I know that's very, I know a lot of people would be really offended by that. And I don't, you know, I would not have a conversation with somebody who has different politi like, political views from me. I can, I can have a, a civil conversation. I just know that I couldn't date them. <laughs> I just think we're No, too that's fair enough. That's a bit of a stretch. I think that, I mean, I... I think it's important that we do meet people with different political views because yeah. the art of debate has been lost in this country, well, in society across the world. It would, I it would totally seem. Agree. Yeah, and I think so it's having important. a. Yeah. I, I have a, a friend of mine here in town. He is a Brexiteer. I, I, I completely opposite. He's yeah. a Tory. Uh, I'm uh, the opposite, um, and um, he is a Liverpool fan. So anyway, those three things aside. <laughs> Uh, I'm, afraid, I'm a bit of a Liverpool fan in this house as well. After that, after that, but he, but he and I do have great. But he'll listen to me. He'll listen to my views, and he'll listen to why I disagree with him. Mm. And equally, I'll do the same with him. And sometimes we have, you know, I, when you know we'd be in the pub having a pint, we have fascinating conversations. And I, I missed. I like those those kind of disagreeable debates. And he might actually get ch challenge my thinking on one or two issues. Rarely, but he 
might, uh, and vice versa. But, um, but yeah, yeah I think we need that more. Social media, I've, I've noticed so much that the people are so desperate for an almost like mic drop moment where they say something that completely shatters your argument that people, they don't even, they won't even really listen to the opposite side. And unfortunately there isn't a mic drop moment because everything is nuanced and there's always, you know, reasons that people, people aren't just like evil, you know, they don't just support like, a, well, you know, the, the side that I disagree with to just be, be de- to be the devil to me. <laughs> but you know, they have their reasons and there are always nuances. Just a lot of the time I disagree with them. <laughs> That's what I find. But yes. unfortunately, yeah, they're, they're, the art of debate is definitely dwindling. And so I think um, social, social media has, you'd think it would make it better, but I think it's made it worse. It's made everything more divisive and people are just a lot very angry. <laughs> I think it's certainly fanned the flames. Although I think the chances of you meeting a right-wing comedian, stand-up comedian are pretty slim, so you're safe yeah. there. Um, <laughs> the, um, so let's talk about social media because you were drawn to um, put a post up on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago um, because of, of some comments you'd received and you'd had. Tell us more about what happened. Um, yeah, so I... Uh like got well I, I got tagged in a in some pictures from uh you know a, not not a photographer just a guy took some photos on his phone that comes to a couple of my gigs and I played an outdoor event uh just just after lockdown and he tagged me in a couple of photos from that and uh, some other guy who I've never met I don't I don't have any prior knowledge of had commented saying that lockdown had been cruel like no he said lockdown hadn't been kind to me and that I looked I was inflated and that it, it was a comment about my weight. And I had, you know, I had put on a little bit of weight in lockdown. I'd been sitting down <laughs> quite a lot during lockdown. And I, you know, I'm normally out busking every day, carrying all my equipment and going to and from pitches. But uh, I, I wasn't doing that during lockdown. So obviously there was a little bit of extra weight, but I wouldn't say it was excessive. And I thought his comment was really horrible. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it was a really nasty sort of thing to read, especially because I felt like, it wasn't really his business what I looked like and if I'd put on weight or if I hadn't it was it was not anything to do with my music and it wasn't someone that I knew and I just thought he's commented that because I think he thinks I won't see it but it's just a really nasty thing to read and unfortunately as a musician and while it's someone in the public eye in a way you're sort of forced to have these comments about yourself that you, you wouldn't normally have to face up to and people wouldn't even think to make a comment about but because you're in the public eye I think people think you're sort of uh, free uh, free to free to be debated I don't know to be talked about so yeah so I made a little post just about it to just try and like help myself a little bit really to come to terms with what what he'd said because it really hurt my feelings <laughs> and I also felt like it was a comment that was is often made about women and I got into this debate a little bit so I don't want to like get too much into a debate about whether or not it's a women's issue or if it's an everyone issue obviously fat shaming is an issue for everybody but I think for women body image is something that is really unfairly placed upon us and a lot of pressure on our how we look and the, our, our, um, our physical appearance and it, sometimes women are made to feel that they can't make music unless they look a certain way and I think that's a real problem and it's something that I've tried to overcome a lot and a lot of my friends have been through similar things so um, yeah I just wanted to make a little post about body positivity and how we shouldn't be talking about women's physical appearance in terms of their their music because it's just not relevant and it's not helpful. 
No, I think as you as you said a couple of times there, it's it's it has no bearing on your your music whatsoever. Personally, I wish I'd only put on a little bit of weight during the um, lockdown, but that's a different issue. Um, but you, what um, what I did notice though is it galvanised a lot of support for you on the other side. So I'm hoping that that created more of yeah, a warm feeling. It was for... really, really, it was really lovely. Like a lot of the comments were, you know, it, there were a mix of comments in response. Really, I had a huge uh, like wave of of responses, and a lot of them were really lovely and you know saying that my appearance has nothing to do with my music and my music is the most important thing and that's really what I wanted most of all but I also got some lovely comments saying like I think you look great which is nice to hear as well you know that's not relevant but it's like yeah well you know it's it's nice because that doesn't solve the issue because (laughs) that still focuses on what you look like yeah exactly so yeah it was a mix but it was really in general just a lovely wave of people just saying like this is so this is such an outdated thing to be thinking about women and how they look in terms of when they're musicians. It's just not, it's completely irrelevant. And it's, and it's, and it is just trolling like at that point. It's not, it's not constructive criticism. It's not helpful. It's just nasty. I am going to uh, assume that the person who made the comment, the offending comment didn't respond to you. Um, he did actually. I oh, responded, did yeah, uh, but it was worse. He really doubled down. Yeah, oh. I, uh, I responded <laughs> to him because I, I I wrote to a comment to him just to say this is really cruel and unnecessary. And I know you think I wouldn't see it, but I am tagged in this post, so I did see it. And I just want you to know that it's not it's not appropriate thing to be commenting about women's weight. And um, and I said, and his photo of it's a him with a with a camera. So I I said I noticed that you're a photographer, and I'm I will make sure to look out for your photography so that I know not to ever work with you again. And he responded saying good because you would break my lens. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's a pretty nasty person seems it seems to be. But I actually wow. had quite a few people get back to me. He seems to be in the country community mostly taking photos of country artists, and I have a lot of friends who are country musicians and a lot of uh, people who got in touch to say they're country music photographers as well and uh, and owners of country music venues in London saying that they they won't be letting him in and they won't be working with him again. <laughs> so, so folk and country artists frequently write about their experience and stories. Surely it's one of life's rules. Never piss off a folk or a country artist. Because <laughs> they'll just write a song about you. Absolutely, yeah. And you won't come out well. <laughs> For sure, definitely. <laughs> um what um what turns you off oh no we've done that one that was uh, right-wing politics that's how we got <laughs> onto this what sound or noise do you love um oh i don't uh, oh do you know what i like you know when animals are sort of asleep and then they like uh, i like like so dogs or cats mostly right when they're asleep and then if you sort of gently wake them they make a little sort of like surprised awake noise and that's my favorite noise <laughs> Some, uh, yes i think i know what you mean like uh, it's, it's not an alarming that. sound it's always like comes in there it's in their sort of throat i'll try and do it for you uh, it's sort <laughs> of like this like a kind of noise when it's like when they just sort of wake they're just slightly woken yeah yeah <laughs> brilliant uh thank you i'm i wasn't expecting that in the slightest do you have cats then or dogs i don't or- I've, i had cats growing up um but i would love a dog but i live in rented accommodation in london so not going to happen for over there. most places don't allow it uh, but yeah and uh, so I, w- I will definitely be a crazy cat lady with many cats and dogs when I uh, when I'm when I'm grown up <laughs> when I can but for now I have no right I just stroke other people's dogs mostly and just yeah I am um, my boyfriend says I respond to dogs the same way that dogs respond to dogs like if I'm having a conversation I'm like <gasps> 
it's a dog. <laughs> like I can't, I, I see a dog and I'm like so excited that it's a dog in the same way another dog sees a dog. <laughs> I'm really sorry. The first thought went around in my head is what, you go around smelling each other's bottoms? I don't no, understand. Yeah. What they... <laughs> no, no, I'm not fine. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I know. I've been on the tube. There are a couple of tube lines where it there's just suddenly like a loud metallic scraping sound, and I it's I really hate it so much. It's I don't know which lines it is in particular. I, th I would say it's, I think sometimes the Northern Line and sometimes the Victoria Line. It's just like a high pitched scraping sound, and oh, I hate it so much. So there's one in particular. So I know when I get the train home from the St Pancras International through to Huntingdon, and it's a curved platform. But when the train comes in, it's just like an amplified example of, you know, fingernails down a blackboard. And it's horrible, actually piercing. I don't know anyone can work down there. But my feeling was, this has only been opened a few years. You must have known this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they can't put some WD-40 in there or something. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> deliver them an industrial vat of WD-40. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'd break. I think they just end no, up skidding through. through. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's your favourite curse word? Wanker. Okay, I was only asking the question. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> why? And, um, although before you, before you answer why, I, the nature with which you said it implies that there's something forceful about why you like it. Like it's a proper, you don't mess with someone when they call you that. But what is yeah, your Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like it, I think, because it doesn't feel... Like it, does, it is obviously a swear word. You wouldn't say it in front of a child, probably. But it doesn't feel like it's like one of those ones that people go, oh, like that. Hopefully this is marked as explicit wherever you're listening to it. Okay. So it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't feel, I don't, it doesn't feel like one of the worst ones. You know what? It feels like one of the hmm. slightly soft, like slightly softer ones. Um, but it still has force behind it. And I like that it's two syllable because it just feels like it, you got a little bit of extra there out, you know, a little bit of extra bile out on the, on the second half of it, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you say the first I'm, half and you think you're done and then there's a little bit more to go it's, nice. <laughs> yeah. it's brilliant i had never for a moment considered that word in such of like the first part is leverage it's yeah it's fantastic <laughs> um oh well that's uh, that's entertained me a lot i think it's time for some music cool um now of course these the, the two songs um, that, that we're performing, we'll do one later on, uh, are of your choice. So tell us, what's the first song and, and can you give us a bit of backstory? Um, well, I, I was, I'm not going to do my new single today. I know I should, I don't, but I'm not going to. No, because what you're going to do is people, we're going to talk about how amazing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, <it's> so amazing. <laughs> how amazing the new single is. People will be forced to go and listen to it online. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to do um, I'm going to do a song of mine called Safe Harbour. And I wrote it um, when I was trying to decide if I was going to try and make my living as a musician or if I was going to get a real job. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't really make that decision. It was because uh, I'd been so used in my life to uh, choosing the safe option and, you know, making sure that I was 
doing the thing that was sensible and people a lot of people said to me like oh don't try and make a living as a musician it's too difficult and it's it's not it's not secure but I thought I think I, I, I would be safer in the knowledge that I went for the thing that I wanted while I had the time and I didn't want to look back on my life and and wonder and around that time I also uh, fell in love with someone who didn't love me back <laughs> so there's sort of a a cross between those two situations of me telling that person that I loved them and then telling me okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, but uh, but I was glad I was glad that I did it all I'm glad that I went for my living as a musician and I'm glad that I said the things that I wanted to say while I could say them because I never want to look back and wonder what might have been if I hadn't as a fan I'm glad too oh good thank you <laughs> cool all right <clears throat> shall I go for it go for it okay can you hear the guitar all right Maybe I'll regret this in the morning Maybe I will wish that I'd been wise Maybe I'll regret this in the morning But right now I can't see past your eyes Oh, they say you only ever look back on what you didn't do Oh, I don't want to look back on never having you. So throw away the bowline and all the doubts in your mind. Who needs a safe harbor? Who needs a safe harbor? One day we will all look back and wonder about the roads we met but didn't take. And one day I know I'll look back and wonder, but you could be my favorite mistake. Oh, they say you only ever look back on what you didn't do. Oh, I don't want to look back on never having you. So throw away the bowlines. All the doubts in your mind. Who needs a safe harbor? Who needs a safe harbor? I will be lost at sea. I will be lost at sea. Yeah, I will be lost at sea. I will be lost but free. So throw away the bowlines and all the doubts in your mind. Who needs a safe harbor? Who needs a safe harbor? Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Beautiful, beautiful. I noticed when I first heard you and that you, you have this wonderful clarity about your voice and the way you enunciate words um 
it's it, is that something that you've specifically worked on or is it quite is it always been quite natural to you it's quite natural but i think it is intentional because for me lyrics is really what i love about music so i just think they're so important and uh, like I sort of I feel like an old person but I'm like sometimes if I hear a really good song with really good lyrics but I can't quite hear the lyrics and I look the lyrics up and they're so good I always think what a what a shame <laughs> that I couldn't hear them you know like I just think it like and lyrics are so important to me and they and I just think it that's that I really love how music can tell a story and I think how can you tell a story if, if they can't hear what the words are so I've always I think not worked on it but it definitely intentionally articulated well I do get that comment a lot I think it also might be because I did a lot of musical theatre when I was growing up that's sort of how I got into singing initially and obviously musical theatre I think that's probably something that we worked on you know when I was a child that I didn't really even notice that it was articulating a really uh, important part of it well, it's a, it's a, it's a one of your one of your uh, wonderful qualities about you as a performer, and um, it's a, a, a beautiful song there about no regrets as well. Um, so you, I, I was fearful you were going to answer this question before I'd even had a chance to ask it. But what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, well, before I uh, was a, became a musician and a busker, I was go, thinking about being a primary school teacher, and I still think that's something I would enjoy doing. I really love how music engages children and a lot of the time I I not I don't aim my music at children but I definitely want it to be appropriate for children um and I like so I think like primary school teaching is definitely something that I would consider or maybe teaching music to children and uh, yeah being a, a teacher I think it would be something that's nice there's that famous TED talk by Sir Ken Robinson who sadly died this week who talks about how creativity is lost at school Mm. Um, so I think absolutely um, you should go in and teach our primary school children uh, music yeah, and I think everyone listening should teach it. And like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, what profession would you not like to do? Um, I think anything in like sales, I find myself horrendous at, uh, at sales. You know, if I, I would be really bad at, at persuading anyone to buy something because even with my own CDs, which I'm trying to sell at CD at, at gigs or whatever, I'm sort of like, oh, well, this, the album's £10, but if you don't, you don't have to get it if you don't want it. <laughs> I just feel like I'm immediately like, they've come up and asked me about the CDs, but I'm always like, oh, you probably don't want them. <laughs> like, no, I do. I want to buy it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> like, and I just think I, I, I hate No, but you don't have to. Yes, but I want to. No, yeah, go away. Like, yeah, just, do you know what? Just take it. Just take it for free. Like, <laughs> just because I just, I'm really, and, it, and I don't know. And I, I think that's not just a self-deprivation thing. I think it's just, I sort of, um, like uh, I, I just I'm I don't I never like to think that I'm putting somebody out and I would think if I was trying to sell them something and I was taking their money away and I just think what well, you know what if you need that money for something else I, you know you probably don't even need this thing that I'm by selling you so I think sales in general is just not my strong point and yet yet I find the best salespeople are those who don't think they're good at it and don't like it because they don't force it they, they make it more of a natural experience which uh I suppose, yeah yeah i just find a lot of like sales yeah is based on a lot of like capitalism in general is based on selling you things that you don't need and i really hate that idea of like giving like so i'm always like do you really want it though because if you don't it's really fine <laughs> i really struggle with that, that that moral dilemma every time i'm selling somebody something i'm like if you want I'm, i don't know that's why i think i quite like busking and like 
do uh, during lockdown i did a lot of live streaming and um and doing you know taking donation-based tips and things i quite like the idea of that people can be, like, pay what you want makes me feel much more comfortable taking people's money because it's literally like it is pay what you want so they once they've parted with it i know that they wanted to rather than they thought oh i have to it's 10 pounds you know like, i just think it's a bit nicer if they if they paid what they wanted that makes me much more comfortable so when you're busking I just had this vision, by the way, of when you're doing a live performance, people lobbing coins at their laptop. Um, when you're performing, um, do you prefer someone to leave a five pound note or to stand there and listen? I think stand there and listen and take away one of my cards. The best thing I can get is that people take away a card or like take a picture of my sign or whatever. That is the most gratifying thing. That's the thing that I remember. You know, I like I've I'm not. I mean, I've been doing it a long time, so I, I'm, I'll, I'll happily say I've got a lot of five pound notes in my time, but I don't always remember who left them. But I remember mm. the faces of people standing there and listening. And. Um, do you, how are you adapting to, cause when you're standing there, you know, people will walk past, you don't know what they might be listening, but they don't indicate they're listening. So I guess you're, you might, this comes with this. I don't want this to sound wrong. You might be used to people not applauding, but not because you're not very good, but because no, of the yeah, sheer nature of busking. Yeah. So do you find that's helped you adapt to online performing? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I like the fact that there's no applause at the end of a live, of, on a live stream has put a lot of performers off and they don't really like it because they feel like, Oh, it's really uncomfortable. And I feel, I feel awkward. But when you're a busker, you get used to finishing a song and whether or not there's an applause saying, thank you very much <laughs> to, to silence. <laughs> you just get used to, you almost hear the applause in your, in your own head and you just go, oh, thank, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I've said, thanks to listening to absolutely nobody on multiple occasions you know like you just get you just say it you, know, you just get that and that's and i've got I'm just really imagine even sarcastically it yeah it's almost a joke like there's a, there's a busker on the south bank that plays who's really lovely called scott and almost every time he finishes his song he says thank you wembley even to no no one's there <laughs> and it's just for himself it's just a little joke that he enjoys himself and like and i think you get used to that as a busker it makes you quite resilient to the rejection of having <laughs> applause so then yeah like it's uh yeah with live streams that's i feel like i've kind of adapted quite well to that yeah and actually that yeah in terms of um things opening up now a lot of places in the UK live performance is still not it's not really happening but a lot of open air performance is so I feel like somehow I've just like magically trained for this this time because I'm so like I'm an outdoor performer I've got equipment that I can use outdoor if you need so I can I can be portable so I don't really need I'm, I'm like so I'm like trained for this this kind of uh, situation I'm like the perfect outdoor performer I know how to check the weather perfectly I know exactly when to start because it's going to rain in about 40 minutes so I'm going to start now and then I'll take a break <laughs> like I know I know exactly uh how it all works you know <laughs> you're a meteorologist as well as i've got seven weather apps and i still don't know what the weather's going to going to be like <laughs> um so you've probably been asked this numerous times but when you reflect on as you said you've been busking for a, uh, a while now um is there a standout moment positively or negatively that is your first memory that you think of when people ask you to reflect on your time as a busker um, there are a couple, yeah. Um, I'd say I'll go with sort of like my earliest memory of busking, that the first time I went out busking. I, uh, as I said, I'm really bad at selling my CDs. So I had some CDs just on the ground next to my busking case. And 
people would come up and say, oh, what, how much are these? And I just said, they just, just take them. They're just, ha just have them. They're, fr they're free. And a guy came up and, and he took a CD and he said, how much is it? And I said, oh, it's, it's free. Just have it. And he, he gave me a fiver and he said, these should be a five, these should be five pounds. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, yeah, you know, people just pay, you know, protect them if they want. And he was like, no, he was like, you should, they should be five pounds. He was like, you, you're, you're really good, you know? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, take a CD. Um, but it was a really nice moment that he was really trying to say to me, you are worth something, you know? <laughs> and I think it was a really, you know, I like, I don't know if I've really taken it on board, <laughs> but uh, I definitely remember it. And I, and it's something, and it's one of the things I think that made me go back because it, it made me feel like people really wanted to support music. It wasn't just a case of, oh, it's free. I'll take, if it's free, I'll take it for free. And I think a lot of people think that the world is out there to, to get everything for free and they don't want to support music but actually this man and then like a lot of other people since and and you know have shown me that um people do want to support music you just have to give them their own unique unique way to do it i think love it Wonderful. there's a ted talk that i really like by amanda palmer uh where she says we shouldn't make people pay for music we should let them pay for music and i think that's 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 how the, the music industry is going now and you have to move with it spotify are you listening are you hearing this <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, uh, last question then. Um, well, out of these 10 anyway, uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? This one I did think about, right? This is one of the one ones I remember actually from the thing because I had a really good think about this. And I think it sounds a bit silly. It probably sounds too simplistic to be, to be right, the right answer. But there's something my granddad always used to say when I would walk into a room and it's the silliest thing, but it always made me feel really special. When I would walk into a room, my granddad would say, there she is, even if, and it would almost be like they'd just been talking about me and I'd walked in, but he said it so often that it wasn't, it was just the thing that he said when I walk into a room. And my, and my boyfriend actually says similar things when I come into the room, like even though he's in the room on his own, if I come in, he'll say, there she is. And I just really like that feeling that someone was expecting me. So I think I would probably have God say that there she is. <laughs> There's nothing silly about that at all. Actually, I think that's quite beautiful. Um, when there are so many ways that people can listen to you, you know, Spotify, Apple, Bandcamp, etc. Where do you want people to to go to if anyone listening to this wants to find out more, wants to listen to more of your music? Where would you like them to go to first? Um, Actually, you can go to your website and buy a T-shirt too. But anyway, go yes, on. Where exactly. would you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess Bandcamp, I think, is one of the best supporters of indie music, definitely. Um, I am directing people to Spotify a lot lately because I've always ignored Spotify. I've always thought it was a bit, I don't know, like not, you know, it, it's not in line with the sort of way that I think that people support, support music. But actually, I'm coming round to the idea that people discover things on Spotify and then go and find out more. So and in order for people to discover you, you need more followers and more streams so it's a it's a constant cycle um so i would say i'm directing people to spotify a lot at the moment for the new single because i'm trying to get a good stream number on that so i look successful <laughs> um but actually i would say probably on youtube i post my music and also sort of chatty videos and get to know me kind of things and i feel like that's where a lot of people know the most about me is probably youtube um so, but to be honest, wherever you're comfortable, I never like to tell people what to do or make them feel obliged. <laughs> now I know why you're so bad at selling CDs. <laughs> you wherever you want. It's all right. I don't mind. Just do whatever. <laughs> don't even listen to my music, honestly. <laughs> um, let's talk about the new single. Uh, who are you saying thank you to? 
My boyfriend, actually. Well, I, when I first started writing it, right, I wanted to write a song called, like, Thank You or Thanks So Much because when I'm busking, right, there's sort of a joke amongst the people that see me regularly because I say thank you to every single person who drops money in my case. Even if I'm, like midway through a very difficult song to sing, I will take a, an extra breath so I can say, thank you so much, thank you, thanks a lot, thank you. So uh, I'll ruin songs <laughs> in order to say thanks to everybody. So I, I wanted to write a song about that really because I, I feel like a lot of the songs that I write, write about London or about busking and I feel like it's a big part of what I do. So I thought this thank you idea would be a good sort of thing about what, what about part of what I do. Um, so I started writing a chorus that was sort of thank you based. And, but it was, it was this, I actually wrote this in the summer of 2017 and I just haven't gotten around to recording it till now. <laughs> and um, I was, it was just as I was starting to see my boyfriend and uh, I'd, I'd never really dated somebody before who actually, understood my needs as a musician because I say I don't want to date a musician but he is actually a musician as well um but he's also very funny so <laughs> that's fine but uh but he I felt like I had a lot of gigs at the time and I wasn't really didn't really want to date anybody because I was like oh, I'm so busy I haven't got time but he was like well, I can I can try and help I could help so he came along to a couple of gigs and set up my stuff and and organized my merchandise and and really helped me with things that before I'd always felt like I was on my own and I felt like my part partners or my boyfriends had always been like not really wanting to assist or help it always been like that's your thing that you do on your own and I felt like he was coming in to sort of be a, a partner and a real shoulder to to like help me with these things and I just felt really grateful for that and I wanted to to let him know how grateful I was <laughs> so uh yeah it's a it's a thank you in oh. general it's a thank you note to everybody who's ever shown me support and particularly at that time and and ongoing uh my boyfriend connor has uh, has been a great support to me well it's a beautiful way to say thank you and beautifully put together as well um thank wonderfully you. produced i have to say it's um oh, that's it, elliot it's... vaughan give a shout out to elliot vaughan I, I got in touch with him early in lockdown saying do you want to produce something remotely i'm going to record it in my cupboard would you uh work on it and he just was so brilliant to work with i feel like the song could now be about him he's just was so accommodating and so listened to what I wanted and was really really like I just felt like really like went through it step by step I was like this is what we're gonna we're gonna put the bass in here and this is where it's, it's yeah he was he was very good well I urge everyone to uh, to go and to listen to it but not just yet because we're gonna hear another song from you first and I love the song as well because it's a uh, you know it's been lovely talking to you anyway just a real breath of fresh air and an otherwise very windy and, and wet day um so it's been wonderful to get to know you uh, a yeah, bit better um, but what's that. yeah what's the second song you're going to uh... i'm gonna play my song which i feel like has become my almost like my anthem to anyone who follows my my music it's a song i wrote about being a busker i wrote it in in 2014 and it's still probably a, a bit of a fan favorite i think uh it's uh, and it's it's called streets of london which i know is a song by ralph mctell <laughs> Um, but it's a uh, it's a it's a happier sort of uh, take on on it's from the streets of London from Lovely London, song. my view. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is called Streets of London. Making waves today, I'm making waves, telling stories about yesterday. Getting by today, just getting by. Telling stories by the riverside I don't need your coins, no, I just need your ear 
So won't you join me while we're standing here singing ba 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 There's music on the streets of London ba 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 There's music in my heart ba 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 There's music on the streets of London That's where we are, that's where we are Making memories, I'm making plans My future and my past are where I stand Making history, I'm making news I'll make the best of things and hope that soon I won't need your coins, no, I'll just need your ear So won't you join me while we're standing here Singing ba 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 Ba, there's music on the streets of London. Ba 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 ba, there's music in my heart. Ba 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 ba, there's music on the streets of London. That's where we are. That's where we are. Ah hoo, yeah I get lonely. Ah hoo, yeah I get cold. Ah hoo, yeah I get tired. Oh so tired, but I'll. Never sell my soul. Ah, who from Piccadilly? Ah, who to Leicester Square? Oh, I gave my heart to London, and you'll always find me there. Ba 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 ba, there's music on the streets of London. Ba 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 ba, there's music in my heart. Ba 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 ba, there's music on the streets of London. That's where we are, that's where we are. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. There is a, <clears throat> there is a moment there which, for anyone listening to the podcast, won't necessarily appreciate. So if you're watching the YouTube video, you will. <clears throat> but you sing a line that says, um, I get lonely, I get colds, and I get so tired but you sang all those lines with a whopping great smile on your face. <laughs> I think sums you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would agree actually. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do feel like even in adversity, I, I don't, I don't ever te tend to be really down about things. I just always go, Oh, I'm knackered. <laughs> like I'm just still smiling. Like, cause I always find most situations a little bit funny. I think like if I'm exhausted, I still find it a little bit, <laughs> a little bit funny that I'm so tired. I don't know. <laughs> No, it's great. Don't ever change. Don't Thank ever you change. Um, your songs are phenomenal. Uh, your new single, Thanks to You, is available to listen to now. So um, uh, I urge anyone listening to it to go listen to it. And I should actually add at this point, as I don't top and tail these podcasts, if anyone has any comments about the podcast, then do email behindthefolk at gmail.com as well. But do go to, what's your website, Charlotte? At charlottecampbell.co.uk. And also go to Bandcamp, especially on the Bandcamp days where they decide on Friday, not to take any royalties. Because my new single is actually on, out on Friday. It came out on Spotify last Friday and then Bandcamp this Friday. for. Uh, for so by the time you listen to this, it'll already be out. So go to Bandcamp now and, uh, and, and, go, and, uh, and go and listen to it. It's a very lovely, heartwarming, uh, beautiful, but happy song as well. It's, uh, it's, it's great. I wish you well with it. And can't wait to hear some more material. Good luck with everything you do. What's next on your to-do list? Um, I've got the, second, the follow-up single to Thanks to You is coming out on the 16th of October, I think. So uh, that'll be the next single will come out in, uh, in later in the year and then an EP. 
I look forward to it. Thanks again for your time, Charlotte Campbell. It's been a delight to get to know you better. <laughs> <laughs>